and welcome to Irreverent Testimony, brought to you by Netroots Radio, the political podcast bond for millennial and Gen X types from a left-wing perspective. It is Sunday, April 12th, 2020. That's right, we're doing a rare Sunday show because the power went out yesterday. Uh, I'm Travis. I'm Rachel. And um, yesterday it was 70 degrees and sunny. Walking around in shorts and t-shirt, and today it is 25 degrees and snowing a lot because that's Colorado. Yeah, not as bad as other parts of the country. I know there's been like tornadoes and crazy snowstorms out east because you know climate change is still a thing even when there's a pandemic going on. Oh, and I read this morning there's another big hole in the ozone layer that they can't exactly <laughs> figure out. Remember that right. from the 90s? And... I do. It was like by Australia or something. Yeah, and that mm-hmm. one closed up, and now there's another one over the North Pole, I want to say, yeah. they're talking about now. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we're not really sure what that's about. It might be seasonal or something. And I don't know. Okay. Just, you know. I mean. Just pile it on. Yep. Why not? Yep. Anyway, um... So about that power outage, um, yeah. Phew, I feel like super glad to live in a time where we have the internet and all of these streaming services and all of these things to do during this <laughs> pandemic because it was out for like three hours and it, we were just like we took a nap. We literally just went just to sleep. Like, okay, it's like okay. There's literally nothing. There's no power. There's no internet. There's no television. There's no streaming. There's no just just. It's just nothing. Well, we would always talk about this. This was actually in high school, even before the internet or before the internet was widely used. Um, like, you know, talking about, oh, your generation has so many distractions and creature comforts. Think about the old days when, um, like, you didn't have all this. People would just sit around and talk. And it's like, I bet people just napped a lot. <laughs> totally. Right? Right? Yes. It's like there was nothing to do, so they just rested and napped and relaxed. And, um, yeah, I feel really grateful, um, mm-hmm. that I have all of these things that I can watch because <coughs> I can't really imagine, uh, just sitting around staring at you. Yeah, right now we're watching a, a vet irrigate a horse's sinuses, which is really gross. Mm-hmm. Although maybe you should try that because you've been. I know. Dealing with a cold. So I got sick, um, which was fucking terrifying. For, for It was terrifying for a day. Yeah. Because yeah. um, you don't know. And I started with just like this really persistent cough. Um, and the cough was anything but dry. Super gross and phlegmy. And I've been coughing shit up for like a week. Yeah. Um, I'm fine. Uh, I feel a lot better. But yeah, it was pretty scary for a minute there. Um, yeah. But I talked to the nurse. We have uh, Denver Health is our public um, hospital here in Denver. Mm-hmm. And they have a 24-hour nurse line, which is a free service and is wonderful. And I talked to this very nice lady for like an hour. Um, and she told me that I'm probably fine. So she was right. And I'm okay. Um, hope you guys are all doing okay, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you want to talk about? Well, there's a lot to talk about, but we really have to talk about the vigilance that we're going to need to have here over the coming weeks, especially. Uh, And Denver is kind of an interesting case study. It's really been in the last week or two, people have really started to take the social distancing thing seriously. Now, they didn't have a choice because the governor and the mayor shut down, you know, all the restaurants and all the retail shops and everything else. Um, But... 
people. We're you know we see people more people wearing masks, trying to do social distancing. Um, you know, it's a very fitness oriented town. So you see a lot of people out jogging and mm-hmm. riding their bikes, which you should wear a mask if you're doing that or if you're just out among those people. Um, but I've gotten the sense and we saw this last night firsthand and I'll let you tell the story. Yeah. Um, in the last couple days, especially people kind of just throwing up their hands and going, ah, you know what? We've had enough of the social distancing yep. thing. Fuck it. Fuck it. And now is not the time to do that. This is the worst time to do that. This is the worst time to do that. And I think a lot of that is a product of the news is like, oh, well, we're starting to to flatten the curve. We're starting to see things level off. Now, of course, what that means is that the virus isn't disappearing. It just means like the rate of people getting sick and dying isn't still climbing exponentially. So that means like if you had 25 people getting sick a day, then 50, then 100, then 500, then 700 – Now, in the past few days, we've like hit this plateau where we're getting about still 700 a day and it's not still increasing. But that still means, you know, that 700 people are getting sick every day. And I'm just throwing out numbers for an example. Right. Um, And I think people are taking that like, okay, it's over. Right. Or it's I don't want to worry about it anymore. Or I'm tired of this. I'm tired of it. I've been in my house for too long. Obviously, I'm not sick. So now's the time to just fuck it. So, um, so talk about what we Jesus saw last last night. So you came back from Walking Lily, mm-hmm. our dog, and uh, you said that there was a gathering of people in front of our house. And so... Well, let me describe where we live, right? We're in a busy city block um, where we have an apartment, like a small, very small apartment building. There's only like 12 units mm-hmm. in the whole building. Mm-hmm. Used to be a tiny hotel. Yep. Um, and there's like front steps, like you would see like at a brownstone in Brooklyn or, yeah. you know. And it's a secured building, so you mm-hmm. have to have a key or you, we have buzz, a little buzz yeah. thing to get in. Um, and there's people just hanging out on the front steps, like in a Spike Lee movie, right? Right. Um, so, I... Well, we should add these, these four young people, not distancing, nope. n- certainly within six feet of each other, not yep. wearing gloves, not wearing nope. masks, nope. talking and yep. singing. laughing and, and just hanging out and having a good old time. Mm-hmm. So I went out to smoke and uh, yelled at them very much. (laughs) I went out and I was like, what on earth are you doing? Very much like your mother. I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Please disperse yourselves. Get away from each other. What on earth are you doing? And they were like, what? No. I was like, do you all live together? No. Okay. What the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, I understand. Like, I will see like four roommates together on a balcony and and I kind of get that it's like look we live together what are we going to do totally I get it you and I don't social distance because yes. we literally live together, we live so, together so it's it. the way it is Yeah. but they were like no and I was like well then what are you doing Go, get away and two of the people who were there live in this building they're new and uh, they were like we live here and I was like you live here fine go upstairs go into your house <laughs> and you two get out of here and they were like well we're fine. We've been quarantined for like weeks now and we're all fine. And I was like, I don't know that. And I don't care. This is ridiculous. People are dying and you're doing this like go. Mm-hmm. And then the girl who lives here was like, I'm really sorry. We weren't trying to hurt anybody's feelings or, or make anybody alarmed. And like, I'm, I'm really sorry. And they left and they asked the girl, the other girl who doesn't live here is walking away. She's like, you know, smoking kills too. And I about <laughs> launched myself over the fucking fence to punch her, but I just let it go. Well, here's, here's the thing, kids. And they were young. They were in their 20s. Yeah. Um, 
th- this, that kind of shit that you're doing right there is only going to prolong your isolation. Because they also said something like, well, we don't have any friends or yeah. family. Yes. We're lonely. Yes, we don't have any friends and or family like, yeah, in town. I, we don't know anybody. I get lonely. it. And I'm like, I yes, it. I, yeah. I hear you. It's hard. But It's hard for but everybody. But the sooner we get past all this, um, is, it will be a product of how a vigilant you are with the distancing when you are doing stuff like this and ostensibly a bunch of other people are doing stuff like this the virus keeps spreading and and will keep flaring up again yeah and this is especially true because this is apparently what's going to happen and this is going to launch into a whole politics thing but this is what i'm talking about with personal vigilance i in another two weeks or so it no matter what any expert or anybody else says uh donald trump and and Fox News and the Republicans around him seem poised to say, it's over, go back to doing your normal shit. Right. Right. Regardless of what the numbers look like, how, you know, if the curve is coming back down, that's a really, 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 really bad idea. Um, The time to give the all clear is when the virus has almost become imperceptible, when there's a trickle or less of new cases coming in. Mm -hmm. When basically it's, we're done getting new cases in any significant numbers. Not when it's on the way down. Right. 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 Not when it's starting to taper off. The, the, like, the very simple and apt analogy is you're a firefighter and you're working with very dry tinder and the fire is almost out. You're like, okay, that's good enough. You know, and then the wind picks back up and <laughs> what happens? Right. Right. Like firefighters don't stop pouring water on when the fire is almost out. Or when it's starting to get under control. Yeah. You don't just be like, oh, well, it's smaller now. I guess we can just let it continue to burn and then it becomes bigger again. Like, that's not the point. Right. And this whole flattening the curve thing isn't about um, preventing it from spreading through the community. It's going to spread through the community, right? We just want to make sure that as it spreads through the community, it does it slowly enough that the hospital system is not overwhelmed. And so we're doing a good job of that right now. But should we just decide, fuck it, the economy sucks, so we're going to reopen everything? It's everything we've just been through is for nothing. Now, here's the thing, right? Trump can't just do this on his own and have it apply everywhere. No. Um, he, he has no literal power to do it anywhere. But here's the thing, like Polis is going to ignore that. Yeah, our um, governor here in Colorado. You know, and most blue, Gavin Newsom has already said, like, states, nope, not doing that. Or, or even red states with sensible uh, governors, as far as this is concerned, like Ohio. They're not going to do this. But what is Texas going to do? What right. is Montana going to do? What is Mississippi going to do? Right. What is Alabama going to do? What is Kansas going to do? Right? Yep. And a bunch of people live there, and those people travel, and this is why it's highly problematic. And so it's going to be a community by community thing because this is this is is, the opposite of what we need. I mean, there are still states in this country right now that haven't even closed. No, no. That you could still go out to to crowded restaurants and bars or churches. That's a big thing we'll get into. It's Easter Sunday. Yeah. And, you know, we'll talk about some of that fight that's going on there with they've they've taken it now as in a personal affront like us trying to keep them from practicing their faith and we're trying to tell them no we're trying to keep you from dying yeah and they don't want to hear it yeah and My so religious liberty yeah okay i guess like uh, okay and like what about the leaders of that church they just want their entire parish to like perish well you can't hand around the collection plate online yeah so that's part of it anyway look um trump 
And Republicans have, have kind of made this calculation that, look, we're going to take such a big economic hit from this. They're not even thinking about how they fucked things up to begin with, and we're finding more and more evidence of that. New York Times released a trove of emails with public health experts warning him and even his own cabinet people warning him this is going to be a shit show and him just put it, plugging his ears and saying la la la, right? Mm-hmm. Which we knew, yeah. but now we have email proof of it. Um, but what Trump has decided is, boy, the economy is going to be a wreck going forward. Mm-hmm. And if we don't turn it around quickly, I'm going to take the blame for that and I'm going to lose re-election. Now, he has not stopped to think, and nor has uh, obviously any advisors he listens to explain that if you sound the all clear too early and this flares back up and we sort of reopen and then have to reclose again in the fall, like forget about having any chance of winning. We're going to get completely wiped out. Yeah. Um, just talking from a purely political standpoint. but Well, he, and from a purely political standpoint, too, I don't think that Wall Street is going to go, yeah, good idea. That's a really good idea. We should we should reopen everything so that the economy can get back on track. Because I think they're smart enough to understand that, like, no, that's going to make this last longer and we're going to have a greater economic hit when people are dying and the hospital system fails. And, like, they don't want to become Italy either, right? Yeah, I mean, I can't figure out what... Wall Street is up to anymore. I, you know, don't know what makes them tick or operate. Stock market's been going up like the past week for some reasons. Who knows? But um, yeah, this is going to be a very dangerous time because I'm telling you right now, come on or around May 1st, Trump is going to say all clear. Yeah. When it's obviously not. And we know that that sentiment is going to be parroted by right-wing radio, by Fox News, by his sycophantic uh, Congress people, and we're going to have to resist that. Now, even a lot of Republicans and his followers, I think, are going to be like, "Eh, I don't know. But, you know, it doesn't take, like, everybody doing stupid things for this to flare up again. Yeah. Just enough of them. Yeah. And and this is coming. Like Trump has made it perfectly clear. Like they're, they're, they're sending out the trial balloons now. And, um, you know, like we need to reopen everything. This has gone on too long. It's like, you don't get to decide, man. I, I agree. It's gone on too long and I hate it and I'm miserable and I'm lonely and I'm bored and I'm restless and I'm anxious and I hate it. And our friends are out of work yep. and you know, we, we're going to get our first stimulus checks this week, which he's going to do a victory lap about, which for a lot of people is not going to even cover a month's rent yep. or bills or anything else. Um, the small business thing has been a complete disaster. I have lots of friends who own small businesses who haven't even gotten like a confirmation email that they applied. Yep. So same. The fuck ups are left and right. And Trump's plan and conservatives' plan seems to be to make it exponentially worse, to keep this thing around as long as humanly possible. Like, and make up fake shit about drugs that don't work, that now are in short supply for people who actually need them. Like, the whole thing is just a fucking It's a mess. clusterfuck. History's going to look back on this, which is not surprising, which is exactly what we predicted. Yeah. You know, way back in 2016. Yeah. When everyone was like, ha fuck your feelings, LOL, this is going to be fun. Oh my God, we have a reality show president. We said, okay. Sooner or later, things will hum along for a good while. Yeah, they will. And sooner or later, there's going to be a real crisis, a real catastrophe, and it's going to be a fucking disaster. Yeah. And here we are. And I told you so really doesn't help. It's just like, okay, here we are. And now what do we do to try to mitigate this? And the first thing we have to do to try to mitigate this is completely ignore the guy in charge. 
Um, and not everybody's going to do that. And that's why I'm really scared. Look, the only way to get by this, and you can, you can look at examples of this, whether it's been Italy or South Korea, who are way ahead of us. And, and, and it only, we only got hit with it a few weeks after them. It wasn't yeah. like months and months and months. Well, Italy different. fucked this up royally also, and they were some of the worst hit. Um, yeah, but now, but they're now they they locked everything down, yeah. and they're not going to reopen until yeah, you know, yeah. The, there's a legit um, scientific all clear. That's the only way to do this, and then you move on, and then you know, hopefully, if if and when this thing does flare up again, you have a vaccine or some some treatment that works. If we are playing this game with you know, putting out half or three quarters of the fire and then walking away and then having to come back and douse it again and again, like we're going to be caught in the cycle for God knows how long. Yeah. And that'll really destroy the economy. Yeah. Not to mention what it'll do politically to the people who are trying to do this. I, it's really shocking that there is such a dearth of, of common sense and rational thought right now among Trump and the Republicans as to... All they're thinking about right now is what can go wrong for us if the if if you know we keep this shutdown going too long. Yeah. None of them are thinking about what if we fuck this up and 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 give the all clear too early. And that is what they seem bound and determined to do. Yeah. And it is shocking. It is shocking just from a purely cynically political perspective. Yeah. What a risk that is. And now of course if you're Trump and you're soulless and you you all things considered right now you you think you're going to lose and you need a Hail Mary if that Hail Mary costs millions of lives and you know sends the American economy into a 10-year depression or recession ah fuck it got to take a chance yeah right mm-hmm. that that's where Trump is coming from on this purely selfish well he doesn't have any he doesn't have any ability to be anything but that right yeah and it's everything is in this moment what is best for me mm-hmm. and not in the long run, what is best for anybody else or in the long run, what is best for me? It's really, he's really short-sighted and um, it's very much about in this moment right now, what would make me feel better and look better and be loved. And I also want to talk about the very weird evolution of Trump and Republicans talking points on this. Like they just keep digging it for themselves. Now, you know, we're old enough to remember three or four weeks ago when it was all, there's nothing here. This is no big deal. This mm-hmm. is, the flu is more dangerous. There's- My dad's still on that kick. Hardly any cases. There's nothing going on. It's only 900 deaths. It's only, Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and, and now where it's at is they're trying to gaslight us into thinking that Trump always took it seriously and it was you other people who didn't. And now we're in this weird place where they're trying to do this this combination of um, I guess they've they've kind of circled back to it's worse to keep the economy shut down and just let the virus rage. Like that's kind of the sense I've gotten from mm-hmm. the right wing sphere in mm-hmm. the past couple of days. Mm-hmm. And and also this uh, and they they've really turned their uh, ire on Fauci. Of course. Of course. Um, and Fauci, I think, went on the Sunday shows this morning and, and admitted, like, yeah, we were too slow and we fucked up to respond to this, which means he might not last through the rest of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, got, I guess it, then Jared Kushner will be the public face of everything. Um, so, yeah, we can't get a coherent even set of talking points from them on this. That's how fucked up it is. Yeah. 
Um, and it's a total shit show. So, you know, the, the, the worst thing, one of the worst things when you're dealing with a pandemic like this is, is the lack of leadership or political instability. One of the biggest problems with the last flare-up of Ebola was it was in this war-torn region where there was no government or lack of government and, and just, just this sort of chaos that doctors had to work. Uh, and they, st- they still managed to do it. But here we are in a much bigger place with more people and, you know, and this is what it looks like. Yeah. Any more thoughts on that? Just stay home, please. Just, just stay home. That's all. Just stay home. It sucks so bad. I know it sucks. It's hard. It's lonely. It's terrible. Um, But honest to God, like this thing is scary so let's not not take it seriously and just tough it out just tough it out a little longer and it'll be over soon ish and you know or a lot longer right you know as long as it takes that's the thing and and you definitely do get the sense and not just because of our dumb neighbors last night um you do get the sense that people are just like yeah enough fuck it yeah you know yeah. When I was walking over to see Sam the other day, and by see Sam, what I mean is that she is on a second floor and has a balcony. And so I stand underneath her balcony and she sits on her balcony and we talk mm-hmm. from her balcony to the ground. And sometimes we have to talk on the phone because we can't hear each other, but we can at least see each other's faces, right? Yeah. So I was walking over there. It's about five blocks. And I saw three house parties on my way over there. Yeah. And it's like... It just makes me want to scream and yell and throw things. And I'm glad I got to yell at somebody last night because I'm so sick of it. I'm so over it. Like, y'all got to stop. You have to stop. Now, we should say most of Denver is doing this right. If you go out at night, you know, the streets are mostly empty. And obviously the shops and bars and restaurants are closed, except for like takeout orders. They've done a nice thing, which is to close down a lot of city streets. Yeah. Which allows for people to have greater distancing so people can go on walks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say we're still at like 50-50 with masks. Mm-hmm. Um, they say that you should have one on regardless, but it's required to have one if you're going to go into any kind of establishment. Yeah. So if you're going to go into like a 7-Eleven or... Uh, a grocery store or something like that, it's required to have a mask. Just walking on the street, you don't have to, but it is recommended. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about 50-50. But we seem to be doing well. It's just these little pockets of idiots. Yeah. It makes me crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we see more and more. I see ambulances with their full, like, hazmat gear. Yep. Like, you know, now and then. So yep. it's... We have not been hit that hard in Colorado, except, and we got a shout-out from Trump the other day, um, Greeley, and yeah. you wanted to talk about that. So there's a meatpacking plant in Greeley called JBS Swift. Um, they are famous for um, being the subject of the book and movie Fast Food Nation, mm-hmm. which talked about um, and portrayed some of the horrible abuses that go on to the workers of JBS Swift because it is a disgusting, grueling, dangerous job. Um, to work at the meatpacking plant. And so it is a job mostly done by illegal immigrants. Mm -hmm. And so they are um, just treated really badly. You know, they have a lot of wage theft going on. There was sexual assaults all over the place. Um, 
of workers by management and staff, like the, you know, upper and middle management people. Um, so they, yeah, there's been, they've just been plugging along, right? Needing to provide meat is an essential service. And the workers have gotten uh, pretty up in arms because there has been an outbreak of COVID in Greeley. And specifically at this meat pack. Yes. And, um, they are not being provided with PPE. Um, they're not being provided with any kind of um, social distancing or any sort of any of the things that we would recommend people do if they have to go to an essential job. And as a result of that, there's this outbreak. And um, I think two people have died already, mm-hmm. two workers there. I think two is right. That's the last I heard. Um, and so they're getting up in arms. But of course, it's a, it's a tenuous position for them because so many of them are not uh, documented. Mm. And so it's really hard for them to sort of come forward to stand up for themselves and try to get some reasonable safety precautions uh, without, you know, the danger of exposing themselves to ice. So that's a super shitty situation. I worked at that uh, company for a very brief time, um, not at the plant, but as um, in the accounting department for about six weeks um, before moving to Denver. And it's a, it's, yeah, it's a terrible place. (laughs) I'll just say that. Trump even brought it up, I think it was yesterday, and he called it Denver. He's like, what's going on in Denver? It's like, well, Greeley's not Denver. It's 50, close. 50 miles away. Yeah. Um, Northeast. Yeah, which is, a, which is a good distance. When we were kids, it's pretty close to my childhood home um, in Fort Collins. And on, I think it was Tuesdays, they would burn the blood. Because mm. um, they just have, there's so much blood that they can't just let it drain into the groundwater, right? So they burn it. I don't know how that works exactly, but there's this really distinctive smell that comes off of Greeley that you can smell in Fort Collins. Yeah, it's not just on Tuesdays. You smell Greeley. Yeah. All, it smells like that all the time. Yeah. Like burning animal blood. Yeah. It's horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just Greeley's just not live. a pleasant it's place. It's a really grim place. Uh, there is the University of Northern Colorado, which yep. is apparently a very good school. One of the best for uh, becoming an educator and, in the country. And other than that, it is like... Yeah. Sand pits and strip clubs and dive Industrial bars. Industrial things. And and it's it's grim. Yeah, it is like it is a world away from Denver. Yeah, it feels like you're just in a different part of the world. Yep. Even from Fort Collins, it's it's not far away. It's like a twenty minute drive, and mm-hmm. it's just a different world entirely for yeah. sure. Yeah, lots of poverty. Um, yeah, it's it's not good. But anyway, so that's what's happening. So here. there's a COVID outbreak there. Denver proper, we they keep talking about this being a potential hotspot, especially because there's a lot of people here. But fortunately, we have not seen anything like yet, like in New York right. or, yeah, you know. New York's just being brutalized by this. I mean, yeah. it's just, whew, it's bad. Yeah, and that's not surprising because if you've ever been to New York, I mean, you just, you, you can't subsist in, in a social distancing environment between no. the public transportation and people know, are just, just packed the, on top of each other. Yeah. Like sardines. Yeah. That's just the way the city is. You have how many million people on a, that just meant talking about Manhattan, a three by eight mile Island. Right. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, Brooklyn is almost as, as packed most yeah. parts of it. And it's just, uh, it's very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And if we get that many people in a small space, what can you do? Um, I did read a tweet thread from a um, New York City ER doctor, um, 
about kind of just an update on what, what's going on there. Um, they have had an insurgence of um, ventilators, so they're in a lot better shape in terms of being able to vent people who need it. Um, what they're finding, though, is that a lot of people who go on ventilators are very unlikely to come off of them. Yeah. And so they're, you know, he was like, you know, as an ER doctor, I am not used to having palliative care conversations. My job is to save lives. Right. And it's really hard because by the time you need a ventilator with this disease, um, there's a good chance that you're not going to come back from it. And so having that conversation about what do you really want? There, right? There's a lot of confusion. I'm sorry to interrupt, but there's a lot of confusion about the different sorts of um, oxygen treatment that people are needing for COVID. And there's many different levels. Yes. Like ventilator is like... You what know, you'd think of as life support. Yeah. Traditionally, like, right? It's going to breathe for you. Yeah. That's yes. the, like you're, you're, you cannot literally breathe. Right. Like a lot of people, if they get sick enough to go and be hospitalized, the furthest that they'll get... In terms of oxygen treatment, might be an oxygen mask or right. the, whatever they call the ones they put in the nostrils. Yeah, and there and then there's a, there's increasing levels of that way up until and before you get to having to ventilate. And and like Chuck Todd made this mistake too. He was talking about Boris Johnson. They were talking about him needing oxygen treatment and said, Boris Johnson's on a ventilator. Oh my God! It's like no, no one has said that. Right. And by the way, Boris Johnson was now released from the hospital. So. He's fine. Good for him. Of course, he's one of the idiots that first said, let's just let everybody get sick with it and herd immunity. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Because conservative rule is just so intelligent. Um, but, you know, no. like Needing oxygen does not mean... But like people don't really understand how it works. They think like you go to the hospital and they stick you on a ventilator. That's right. why we need so many ventilators. No. No. It's for when you literally can't breathe anymore. Yeah. Otherwise, you will die. Yeah. And then, like this doctor was saying, there's just like, a lot of people that don't come back from that. Yeah. Um, and so then it's a conversation about, like, do you take them off the ventilator and then let them die? And it's just tough. And then but, sometimes they're taking them off the ventilators and they're coming back on their own. And it sort of makes them wonder, like, is the ventilator even worth it? And this is a novel disease. Yeah. Like, we're, we're learning how to treat it as we're treating it. And we're in triage. And it's a pandemic. Right. I can't, you know, imagine what that is what that's got to be like for these medical professionals. Yeah. Like, and every week, like, we know something new we didn't know. Right. And that's the thing that I would also guard against. There's this sort of thing that's been happening that I've been hearing these whispers about, which is like, well, we don't, we don't know, right? So, like, what they said last week that that wasn't true, so how do we know that this is true? Right. And, like, this sort of distrust of, of, information coming from the medical community because it's different than it was last week and it's like no 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 we don't know anything it's an evolving situation right we don't know anything because nobody's ever seen this before so we thought something and now we know more so now we know something different that doesn't mean that you shouldn't listen to them or that you shouldn't trust what they're telling you they're telling you to the very best of their ability what they know right now and that's going to continue to change as we continue to learn more right yeah and you know, but but one thing that hasn't changed is that social distancing and hand washing is essential. That has not changed. There's no reason to, because some of the minutia, the medical minutia changes, there's no reason to just completely blow off the distancing and hygiene part of it. And I think the, this is especially true for the mask thing, right? Yeah. Like, well, they told us we didn't need masks. And it's like, well, I think that they did that not because they didn't think that we needed masks. They did that because they didn't want 
masks to be an even greater shortage than they're already in. A huge rush on them, yeah. Because they understand that we're stupid and selfish, <laughs> and so they lied to us yeah. for our own benefit, right? They lied to us because they knew that there would be no masks for medical professionals if everybody thought they needed a mask. So they lied, and then they went back on it and said, okay, wear a mask. Um, <laughs> and I've been hearing a lot, of, especially from my family, like, oh, cloth masks don't work, and it's like, Okay, right. They don't work as well as a medical mask for sure, but like they're better than nothing. If I'm sitting, if I'm standing six feet away from you, and you have a bandana over your face, and I have a bandana over my face, and one of us coughs, I would rather that be the situation than neither of us have a bandana over our faces, right? And that's the problem with people like our folks who rely on right wing media, because. If you if you listen if you watch Fox News or you listen to right wing radio like you'll get bits and pieces of good information in there, but then you'll get something that's contradicted the next minute, or everything is through the scope of not making Trump look bad. Mm-hmm. So you're getting incomplete and disjointed information, even more so than you get from some of the mainstream outlets, even with this evolving thing. And that's why that's why it's so frustrating right now, and. It's it's so fucking infuriating that they want to kill their viewership, yeah. Uh, which they're still doing, yeah. And that's why you know, like you talk to your dad and he's saying all these ridiculous things that don't make any sense. It's like, well, where is he getting it from? Right, right. He only watches one thing. Right, and he'll get he'll get a little bit of good information, and then he'll get bad information, and then he'll get good information, and then somebody will come and contradict it, right? Yeah. And then Trump will say something that blows everything they heard out of the water. And then you'll hear the Fox News hosts try to dance around to make that make sense. And then it's like, well, uh, I don't know what to believe. And it's like, yeah, I wouldn't either if that was my source of information. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. It's very, very frustrating and very infuriating. And oh, I don't know. I just, he's butthurt right now that... Everyone wants to blame the president, but it's not Who cares? his fault. Who cares? It's like, I don't want to have this. I don't care about this conversation at all. Protect yourself. We'll have this conversation <laughs> later. Okay, don't blame him, but will you acknowledge that there's a problem and you need to protect yourself? Right. Great. Great. We'll argue about the who's to blame later. Right. Yeah. So, you know. That's where we are. That's where we are. Um, and then some people take that to the nth degree of going like, I, I so much don't want to make Trump look bad. I'm going to put myself in, in jeopardy. Right. And that's what we're seeing with the church people. Now let's talk about the Kansas Supreme court. This was really interesting, right? Cause there was a lawsuit the, the, the governor has banned, um, I think it was the governor of Kansas or maybe it was the legislature that, that banned uh, church services for more than 10 people, I want to say. Okay, I don't know about this. And there was a, a, a lawsuit that said, no, but that infringes on religious liberty. And it, it's it's sort of a dicey and legally confusing thing because there are broad powers in emergencies to mm-hmm. curtail certain rights. Right. That's kind of always been the case. Right. And it actually went to the Kansas Supreme Court and because the Kansas Supreme Court can't meet in person they all did it like live via video conference wow okay um i think it was right out of a movie i was trying to remember what movie that was like a futuristic movie but it was like 20 years ago i think it was minority report okay where to get the permission to to arrest somebody before they committed a crime there was like this panel of judges and they were all there like virtually for whatever reason (laughs) okay and i'm like oh wow that's what's happening now okay so um, yeah, they were all virtually online and they decided like, no, the state absolutely 
has the right to keep these people from congregating, even for a religious service. And and here's the thing about religious services, and maybe I'm not I don't know if you can shed any light on it, but every like very devout religious person I've known that I've gotten, and this was mostly when I was younger, when I tried to understand what makes religious people tick. In terms of like prayer and worship, like the real devout people were like, oh, you can do it from anywhere. You can you can pray in your house. Mm-hmm. You can pray at work. You can pray when you go to bed at night. You can you know it, the venue really doesn't matter. And I'm thinking like, okay, so why can't these people worship from home? Right. Like, well, if you're so going to risk your life for the pomp and circumstance. You of course can do all of those things and should do all of those things, but the there is some guidance around the church being necessary as part of um, <laughs> that's how they collect their money sure right but like that there's this notion that um the church is is one of the things that you have to do like one of the actions that you need to perform is to go to church yeah um and i don't know i'm not a religious person and i didn't grow up with religion um but I know, like, my grandmother was super religious, and when I would stay with her in the summers, there was no question we were going to church on Sunday. Like, mm-hmm. that was just the way it is. Sure. Um, and then we'd do prayer group on Tuesday morning, and, like, so it definitely is a thing. But it's also really stupid. Like, of course you can pray at home. Why don't they do, like, I don't know, a preacher can stand in front of an empty church and put it on video and everybody and a lot can of, a lot of them virtually are, attend a lot of like, them are doing that there's ways to do this but, that but doesn't there, risk the whole parish there's many congregations lives. that are just like no we have to go pray and um and when when governments and then people like us sitting behind them and saying no you really can't right now they're saying oh this is another example of you attacking Christians, attacking your religious liberty. You don't want us to pray. And it's like, we don't know. I don't care if you don't pray. Care if you pray. We don't want you to die. Right. And we're trying to help. And they don't, they don't see it that way. They're that paranoid and that aggrieved Yeah. because they've, there's such a strong movement of white evangel- evangelical Christian grievance yes. that, if you make me acknowledge that gay people are allowed to exist, that's a religious attack on me. Right. If women are allowed to get contraception and have abortions, that is somehow an attack on me mm-hmm. um, and my, quote, religious freedom. Well, it's like we were watching that Satanic Panic documentary the other day. Or I'm not sorry, not Satanic Panic, Satanic Temple. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's crazy to me. Like, I, I understand that, like, the Satanic Temple is known for trolling Christians, and it's intentional. That's right. supposed to be provocative and blasphemic, but the level of outrage and anger and like grievance that they feel because someone else has a religion that is adversarial to theirs, is or just insane. different, just different. Yeah, because they used to be like that. People don't remember this now because it wouldn't fly anymore. But 20, 30, 40 years ago. If someone wanted to put up a menorah in the town square next to the Christmas tree, they would go just as apeshit. Right, right. Nowadays, like, that's fine because of Israel and other things. But, like, I remember the day when just that was controversial. Right. For, forget about, like, the statue of, what's the goat man again? Baphomet. Baphomet, yeah. <laughs> like, they didn't even want a fucking mezuzah. Right. They, you know. Right. There's just this, like, but like just, like, there's death threats and people with guns. And, like, that's how insane 
they take this. It's it's I I don't know. So right. yeah, it, this it, this notion, this grievance, this notion of like you're trying to make me not Christian isn't really that. I don't think it's more of I want everybody to have to be Christian, and the fact that you're not pisses me off, mm-hmm. and I can't make you be. So. So us saying, you know, you really shouldn't congregate in this big mega church with a thousand people because we don't want you to get sick and die and pass a disease on to other people. They say, oh, you're attacking my faith again. Yep. With your heathen, satanic, whatever. And your red holiday Starbucks cups. <laughs> and it's like, oh, dude, what can we do? Because And it's gotten to the point where I don't even bother anymore because they're just going to dig in. Yep. Like, the more I say you shouldn't do this for your own good, the more they dig in and say, well, we'll show you. Yep. God will protect us. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's Our another prayer. that's another example. It's, you know, pick your poison. Is it is it the idiot kids in, our, in front of our apartment, or is it the idiots in Kansas insisting on congregating in church? Right. On hundreds and thousands of them at a time. Um. And I think it's going to be the kind of thing where a lot of them are just, they're going to challenge. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to say, okay, come round us up cops, you know, like, and they think they're being resistors. Like, right. Cause nobody wants to see a bunch of cops arresting it, but not that they ever. Again, the problem was if these people were cloistered in their own little bubbles and universes, like fine. But these are people who interact with family and friends and people in the community. And they go to the fucking grocery store and I don't want you in yeah. my grocery store if you just were at a fucking mega church. Yeah. I don't want to I don't want you at the grocery store with me. Mm-hmm. Like that's not safe for me. I didn't choose to go to that church. And now you're in my public space breathing my air, coughing on me, and that is why this is you this is why you can't do that. And the pastors that are fostering this, like it just shows you how morally bankrupt they are, right? right? Like, they're like, yeah, I will risk everybody's lives. This is my business. This yes. is my livelihood. Yep. I can't go I can't however survive. many months yeah. without, or they can, they just don't want to miss the paydays. Yep. Right? Yep. Or, oh, wow, what a great business opportunity. Everybody's really going to want to pray. Right. So. It's pretty dark. It is pretty dark and it's pretty fucked up. And, and that's why I don't even take the bait anymore yep. and try to explain to the, oh, you're trying to infringe your religious liberty. It's like, I'm not okay. going to say anything because right. if I say anything, you're just, you're going to become even more. Just adding fuel to the fire and I'd rather not. Yeah. Just like, okay, I don't care. Like, I, I hate it, but like, I'm not going to argue with you about it. A couple of minutes left before the break. We'll get into entertainment a little bit in the second half. Okay. And we'll also talk about... Uh, people are starting to talk about Biden's Veep picks. Yeah, we should talk about Biden, I guess. Yeah, we should talk about Biden, I guess. Um, and yeah, when we come back, we'll talk about some of that stuff and more. And can't tell you how long. I don't know if we'll go the full 45 minutes. We'll go as long as we <laughs> damn well please. <laughs> Sounds good. Be right back.
and welcome back. Um, what do you want to start? You want to start with the post office or Star Trek Picard? Uh, let's start with the post office. Okay. So there's a renewed attack on the post office. The post office is obviously struggling. Uh, Trump doesn't like the post office for reasons. Um, some Maybe something with Amazon, sort of. But he refuses to allow any relief for the post office in the next stimulus bill that's coming. Um, going I after have... the post office is really unpopular. Yeah. People really like the post office. And Republicans do this every few years. They're like... You know, it's a bad business model. It, we should just let it die. Let everything be privatized. I'm going to read you a thread about why we shouldn't do that. Okay. This is from um, Dingus J. McGee oh, Keep Esquire. Uh, at Dingus J. McGee is his uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we're just having phone difficulties. All right. So it's a tweet thread. It says, okay, I've been with USPS for several years now, so here's my big, dumb, save the post office thread. I don't know how many tweets it's going to take for me to ramble through my thoughts, so stick with me or don't, whatever. First things first, we are not taxpayer funded at all. Sure, we get government monopolies on certain things of value and things like cheap loan terms, but the budget isn't by the taxpayer. It's by the services provided. If you buy stamps, you fund us. If you don't, you don't. Second, Our financial issues, while not entirely from the 2006 PAEA bill that required 70 years of retiree prefunds, are are mostly artificial. They would not exist if not for a congressional lame duck bill passed mostly by a certain political party on their way out the power door. Third, we are in the Constitution, literally. You know that thing you occasionally pretend to love when it serves your interests? It's explicitly in there. We are legally required to exist. Fourth, certain nameless people want us privatized because we're worth a lot of money. Even without the physical materials, truck, fleet, offices, computer networks, etc., we have billions in proprietary data, route sequences, mailing lists, logistics, etc., that businesses would love. Fifth, you can be certain, if given the chance, certain politicians would love to give away this infrastructure, a la the $70 billion in digital broadcast licenses they gave away for free to telecom companies in 1996 with no strings attached. So why would you not want this? Well, for starters, if you're not in a major city, you've been subsidized by one via the post office for decades. It's a lot cheaper to mail and deliver in dense population centers, but we charge the same in rural Delaware too. Why? Because the idea is everyone in America, no matter where they are, should have the same guaranteed access to a valuable line of communication. A birthday card from across the country is as valuable as a wedding invite from one town over. Now, no one likes their junk mail, but you know what? Carrying four Geico ads and a subway coupon in my satchel with your card is the reason the latter only costs 50 cents to cross the country. Mm. And if you'd like to name a cheaper way to ship a book or a record, I'd like to hear it. But the one thing I pride myself on most in terms of service is something you can guarantee won't happen in privatized for profit model. UPS, FedEx, Amazon, DHL, etc. all dump packages on our docks every single day. Ones they say aren't profitable. We take them the last mile. Why? Because every single address in America deserves service. Even places accessible only by boat or plane. They'll be cut off in a second in a private market. Heck, it's only because of our last mile service that you don't realize the private sector already cut you out. I work in a position called T6, or a carrier technician. Put simply, USPS delivers six days a week, and employees work five days. For every five routes in an office, there's a T6 to carry the sixth day on each of those five routes who have a regular the other five days, full-time position. In my case, that's five routes, averaging 700 addresses each, totaling 3,500 addresses, 
and approximately 10,000 names and faces. Names and faces that I recognize, communicate with regularly, and can identify the forwarding information for, even without consulting a reference sheet. I know which senior residents would like their mail delivered to the door, even if they have a curbside box. I know who needs their packages, often for home businesses, tucked into a corner behind the garage. Who's going to need an extra minute to get to the door to sign? I know whose lawns not to cut across, whose dogs want to bite, and whose want to play. Hmm. I know whose day will be made brighter with a short convo, and who wants me to go away. I know who is, a, who is bad at checking their mail, and who to call for a wellness check if it starts to pile up. For millions across the country, we're the only face they often see all day, even before social distancing. Their connection to the world around them, even if it's just for a comment on the weather, or to be an ear for a minute or two for a rant about kids these days. Hmm. I'm not naive, though. I know not every carrier lives up to the same standard the men and women of my office largely hold themselves to. I know that many of our admittedly fake financial troubles have reduced quality of service, but the effort and integrity is there for so many of us. And the reason to bring all this up is to say that's all in jeopardy in a private market. There's no profit to be had in uniform pricing or remote delivery locations. There's no profit in being a community's friendly face. There's no profit in me receiving dozens of incorrectly addressed pieces of mail every day and spending the few extra minutes figuring out where on the route it's actually supposed to go. You may not notice this, but it happens every day and we fix it from memory. These little details cost time and money, things the private sector wants to cut, and we've only been forced to do likewise with as political interests deliberately undermine our finances, waiting for us for a chance like this pandemic to auction us off. If you want USPS to continue to provide a service that gives us the highest approval rating of any government agency, call your congressperson. Nag them for a bit on my behalf. Ask them for the same bailout for a community service that they gave freely to banks and airlines. Thanks for listening. I'll see you on the streets from six feet away and keep your dog on a leash, please. Addendum, I've added a few thoughts for an even broader perspective. In addition to employing more than half a million people, USPS is one of the largest employers of both veterans and people of color in the United States. It has put and kept millions in the middle class for years. Not only does USPS tie communities together, but the organization has helped lift many of them up. Rather than talking about letting us die, you should be asking how to help strengthen us. Postal banking, which would allow people in every community in the country to have easy access to cheap local banking, is not just a potential revenue stream, but a way to provide an essential service to the people most lacking them, and it doesn't have to cost the taxpayers a dime. The biggest handicaps we face on a daily basis, unreliable vehicles, overworked and undertrained staff, extreme turnover amongst non-career employees, it's all artificial and can be improved by giving us the financial flexibility that was deliberately robbed from us. We have the resolve as a nation and the popular demand to fix USPS and permanently strengthen them. All you have to do is help advocate for it, because none of us, especially those receiving stimulus checks by mail, want to see how bad things get after we are allowed to collapse. And we just did our part to help. We bought some <coughs> spooky stamps. Spooky silhouette. They have all kinds of different stamps for all your things that you might... Send your mom a letter. Yeah. Start writing letters. Let's go old school, since all of y'all are into obnoxious Do you know um, how much I would things? love to receive a letter? Yeah. A handwritten letter from someone I know or don't know. Like, I would love that so much. Yeah. I'm going to start doing that. Also, as a side note, really good time to write letters to prisoners. Yes. Right? Yeah. They are at one of the most extreme risk populations in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and they're really anxious about it. And they're obviously um, not being well cared for. They don't have great medical care. And they have even a lack of basic things like soap and um, disinfectant. So yeah. it'd be a good time to just drop some prisoners a line and uh, 
Tell them you're thinking about them. Yeah. Okay, so moving on from there, we watched the finale of Star Trek Picard, and who boy. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, you want to say about that? Spoilers. Yeah, okay, spoilers. If you still haven't watched the whole thing, whatever, fast forward about... 10 minutes to be on the safe side uh, this podcast why don't you do a little plot recap oh my god are you serious mm-hmm. from like the beginning no just the last episode uh, the, the last episode before this episode we watched uh, Picard and all his new friends his new crew had arrived on the on the android planet which it's a whole planet but there's just like this tiny colony of like a couple dozen androids with the data's creator's son mm-hmm. who's a scientist there and a bunch of androids he created and they've been hiding or something and the romulans chased or followed picard and his crew there mm-hmm. so that soji could go back there even though she had no memory of being from there her memory was suppressed for some reason and she came back and now they know the Romulans are coming so they're building a transmitter to call on these android these artificial beings from across the universe who come when other artificial beings are in trouble or being threatened by organic beings and somehow they know to do this for reasons. And somehow the Romulans know about this because of an old spooky bedtime story legend. And that's where we left off. And then in the finale, they're building the transmitter because they know the Romulans are coming. And Picard and his crew are trying to stop the androids and the aliens, kind of... And then one of the androids helps the Romulan guy escape and kills her own sister because that will help something. And then Riker shows up and <laughs> nothing happens. And then Picard dies, but not really. The end. Yep. <laughs> does, that, does that about sum it up? That about sums it up, yeah. It's a clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. It is... I've seen... Okay. Let's, let's backtrack. I've seen every episode of the original series. I've seen every Next Gen episode. I've seen... Like five times. Pretty... I think I've seen every Deep Space Nine episode. I've seen almost every Voyager episode. Where I kind of fell off was Enterprise and the new one, um, Star Trek Discovery. Although I've seen a lot of those. This was the worst episode of Star Trek anything I'd ever seen. <laughs> it was just a mess. Nothing made sense. It just... It just ran from one thing to the next thing. Things happened. Nothing made any sense. You couldn't follow really what was going on. That's why I made you do the summary, because I'm like, I don't even know if I could tell you exactly what happened. Okay. Like, like, I just couldn't even... I was like, I don't even know what's happening. At some point, Picard's crew decides to work with the Romulan spy guy to stop... The androids from calling the other androids who will destroy the, the whole galaxy. Um, and they they plan to do this by killing Soji, who's the main person they've been trying to save this whole time. So they throw a bomb at her and she catches the bomb and looks at it and throws it away. 
And then everybody just kind of stands there and says, okay. And there's a prophecy. There's a, the Romulan. Well, we know about the prophecy because that's why the Romulan Jadvadar Jadash mm-hmm. has been doing everything they've been doing the whole series. Right. But then the, the androids got to hear the prophecy in a way that only they could hear it as opposed to other people hearing it. And then when they heard it, then they were like, oh, no, that's what we should do. <laughs> like, it's this, like, scary story about how we can't have any androids because then they'll hurt us. Well, the, the androids will destroy the galaxy because of this prophecy. And from the androids' perspective is, no... Now we have to destroy the universe. Well, we'll destroy of, the universe or else we'll be destroyed right. by you organic people. It's just like this weird circular thing that my brain was just like, the fuck is happening right well, now? Well, the biggest problem is, yeah, it's all circular, right? Like, Picard is horribly worried that the Romulans are going to come and kill his little android friend and all the androids, but he led them to the planet. And the Romulans are worried that the Destroyer will... will call out the the android worms to kill them all but they made that happen by coming there right like it's yeah it's yeah. all circular yeah. logic it's just oh, bad writing it's really bad writing <laughs> it's horrible it's really bad writing like it's, i i think they were trying to be like exceedingly clever and instead it's just like i oh no i, I don't I, think I they don't, were being clever at all i don't know what to do with it this episode this. felt like no it felt like they didn't think any of this through and then they got to this last episode, yeah. they're like, well, now what the fuck do we do? Like, uh, I don't want to do a giant space battle. It's a cliche. We did that in Discovery. Let's do it like a next-gen episode where everybody points their guns at everybody and then everybody backs down at the last minute. And then we'll we'll have Picard die so that it'll be emotional. <laughs> yeah. If Picard dies for some reason. Like you mean the, he was sick or whatever, maybe right? He, yeah, he was sick, but the stress of flying the ship and doing something made him die? Yeah, I don't know. It, it was like it was died. like Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi, like him projecting himself as a as a hologram used too much force energy and made him die. And basically mm. that was the same thing with Picard. So Picard dies and then he come and then he's in like a like a hologram dream with Data. And Data's like, oh, I've been hanging out here this whole time. <laughs> I'm not dead. <laughs> like, they saved my brainwaves. <coughs> and I've been living in this little room, and it kind of sucks. Welcome, Picard. You're not, you're, you're dead, too, but your brainwaves are in my little, my little house. Yeah. And Picard's like, okay, um, good to see you, Data. And Data's yeah. like, you have to go now. And Picard's like, Why? He's just like, you have to go. So Picard thinks he's going to heaven or something, and he walks out, and then he and the date is like, oh, by the way, can you kill me? Because <laughs> I don't want to be stuck in this house anymore or something. And Picard's like, sure, yeah, I'll kill you. That's, I mean, I thought you were dead, but like, I'll make sure you're really dead, okay? And so that yeah, I'm not making. We're not making this up. No, this is this what is, happens. This is what happens. And then Picard wakes up, and he's a fucking robot. And we're like, oh no. oh no, oh no. Just jumped all the sharks. Oh no, they just did a Westworld. And and so Picard is like, oh, what the fuck's going on? And they're like, it's okay. You're a robot, Picard, now. Except you you look exact. We made this, we made you look exactly like you looked before. And you're still going to die soon because you're like 100 years old. So don't worry about any of that. But we got rid of the brain thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, okay. 
<laughs> sure. <laughs> you're not sick anymore. You're not sick anymore, but, but you're we a still robot. made you an old man that's going to die. Right. We could have made you a young person, but we didn't. Well, here's my question. Why didn't they bring back Data? Yeah. Why does Data have to die? Data didn't want to die in that movie. He died because he was saving Picard and the crew. Right. And so if they saved, if they were able to regenerate all of Data on a computer and save it, why don't they make a body for Data? Yeah. Data, there's no reason for Data to be dead. Especially not if Picard can come back with his robot self. And and I guess that's why Data, that's why they added in there, oh, by the way, can you make me die now? So that I can be like human. Because humans die. And that's so. It's just. And ugh. it's like, why don't, why not just live, man? It's so live. gross and stupid. It's just really bad <laughs> it's writing. It's horrible. Just jumped every shark that has ever been jumped. And it was just like, okay, well, that, we just did that. So, okay. Yeah. And then they set up season two where everybody, that's going to be his new crew. And um, Seven of Nine also killed the Romulan lady in like 10 seconds <coughs> by just. <laughs> like throwing her down a mine shaft in the board cube. Yeah. Which I don't know how they got up there because the board cube was on the ground, but mm-hmm. somehow they got like 85 stories in the air. I guess there was an elevator. And <laughs> on a crashed cube. On a crashed cube. <laughs> and they fought for 10 they seconds. They found the one elevator that worked, I guess. Yeah, they fought for 10 seconds and the Romulan lady insulted her a bunch and then 709 yeah. just like kicked her down a mine shaft. It was very anticlimactic. And said, resistance is futile or something. I was pretty I bored with that whole thing, so I was pretty glad that it just resolved itself quickly because I was like, I don't care about this whole storyline. But then honestly. at the very end, they decided to throw a little bone to, to us uh, progressive types and they had a little lesbian thing between Seven of Nine and uh, what was her name? The the black lady with the drug problem. Um, Raff. Raffy. 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 They mm-hmm. just they showed them talking and then holding hands for a second and like close up on the hands. And I was like, okay, were, did they have a thing before? Did they have tension? Did they flirt? Like, where did this come from? Yeah, I don't we're know. Just, we're just we're just, just shoving just it in. in. Just, just throw it in. It's fine. Just. Yep, lesbians. That's good. <laughs> That'll be fun. People the, will like that. Yes, the, it's like a little tease for season two. That's fine, except for again, where was that? The did, entire time. Did anything been lead together. up to that? No, no. Like I don't even know that they talked. Did they even? Did they ever talk? I don't know that I ever saw them in a scene together. Did they know each other? I like, don't know. No, they were in a couple scenes together because she was on the ship before. Yeah, but I mean, uh, I don't know that I saw them. No, the, I don't remember them interacting, interacting at all. At all, until they decided we're we're girlfriends now. I mean, they're both hot. I get it, but like, yeah, they're both it hot been and nice of a certain age. If but, they had like, yeah, but you know, had a conversation or something. Again, that's terrible writing. Yeah, right? like like a romance that you're involved in is when these people are like they go through stuff together and they get to know each other. Maybe yeah. they don't like each other, and then they have an arc and they learn to get understand how their each other's brains works right and they they flirt a little bit and like there's tension yeah. builds up yeah like x-files did it for what 10 seasons yes <laughs> correct before Mulder and scully finally correct. started banging yes like and it, that's why it was satisfying it's like oh finally fucking finally yeah, yeah but it's like these two literally nothing happened no. and then all of a sudden they're holding hands like what what is this what does that mean now they're okay yeah so like there were oh god what a disaster that show was there were a couple of good episodes and a couple of okay episodes and a couple of bad episodes and then the whole thing just completely fell crashed apart and burned. it just crashed and burned it was so, so bad yeah. i can't even wrap my head around how bad that last episode was yeah 
I didn't understand anything that was no. happening. Nothing It made was not sense. a good show generally, I would say, because I found myself having to pause it often and be like, can you explain to me what's happening? <laughs> yeah. Like, what is, what, is, what is happening? I'm not, I and, don't and understand then, what's and then happening. And at a certain point, I was like, I have no idea. I don't know. And you're like, okay, well, that's not good. We're like pretty sophisticated television viewers. It's not like we have <laughs> right? trouble following plots generally, but the, this, this was just, this, uh, was a mess. The story was a secret sect of Romulans had to destroy all the androids because there's an ancient Romulan prophecy that the androids will destroy all the non-androids in the galaxy or the universe or whatever. They, they mm-hmm. go back and forth between galaxy and universe. Yeah. Um, okay, but there's been a lot of Star Trek and a lot of Romulans to this point and we never heard about this nope. before. Nope. Romulans never seem to have a problem with androids. or Right. I mean, not to my memory, ever. No. It's never been a thing that's like, uh-oh, don't get them near no, Data. No, no, we saw them right? meet Data and be like, oh, you're the android. We would love to dissect your brain and learn how to make, you know, whatever. Right. And it's but like, they were not like, oh, God, keep Data away from the an- the Romulans. They're coming. Like, yeah. that was just never a thing. <laughs> it was never like... No, no, they tried ever. to get around that by saying this is the secret, double, triple secret society mm-hmm. of android hating people and we we saw the vision when we got in the in the circle right on the planet i have to hold it and then every, all the ladies died except one and then the crazy one well and then what's her name doctor what's her name did didn't die i mean she wound up killing her boyfriend but then after that she was okay she got that out of her system yeah she could handle it but she didn't touch the circle no she was she yeah, just she got, got it, it like hand. put it in her brain yeah. from the old lady yeah it was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and some it, really good actors that I really like, and that like I think the acting was great. I had no problem with uh, them. And then Riker just shows up, and he's like, yeah. I'm, "I want to kick your fucking bitch ass, you you dumb bitch," or something like. like he literally says a line like yeah. that. He's like all fat and bloated and old, and he's just kind of like slumped over his chair. Like on the deck of like some ship, he's like, "I got the toughest ship, and I I would love to kick your your." bitch ass yeah and i'm just like oh, oh god. god and he's like he's obviously like saying the line with disgust yeah like oh god you're gonna make me read this huh i don't want to do this <laughs> please be better but he's just like whatever it's money fine um, i'll say it i'll kick your damn bitch, bitch ass, ass. And I'm like, can i go home now oh <laughs> and he did and he's like okay Let's go home. And then, like, Picard, Picard's dying, and he can't even tell, and he's just like, okay, see ya. <laughs> right. I can't. And, like, at least make a speech with Riker's, like, Riker's like, are you okay? And, and Picard's like, oh, I'm fine, go, you've done your job. And he's like, oh, you're the best, Jean-Luc, you saved the galaxy again, I hope to see you soon. But no, in this, he's just like, okay, bye. All right, see ya. <laughs> Peace out. Like, seriously, like, <laughs> that's Riker. Right. I guess they had their emotional moment a couple episodes ago when they, like, yeah. they, they hugged on the park bench, but... We, like, went and saw him and the doctor who's married to... Not the doctor, the, the... the Counselor. Yeah. Yeah, why didn't they bring back Gates McFadden? I'm sure she's got nothing better to do. She should have been involved in this somehow. Like, she's just gonna stay home? Well, well, Riker goes and helps the captain. That why didn't no he go sense. visit her? She was the doctor that first um, found his brain abnormality at the end of Next Gen, remember? Yeah. Instead, they brought in some old guy who's like, hey, you still got that brain thing, Jean-Luc. Like, why not bring Beverly right. in? Right. Maybe she was just like, pass. No, she would have done it. Well, I don't know. Maybe. 
don't know. <laughs> she looked at the script. She didn't. Somebody looked at the script and said, God, this is terrible. I don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't I, know. None either. of that cast and crew is getting much work these days. No. From next gen. No, I they think, aren't. It's weird. Yeah. Were they like famous back then? No, n- no. I mean, while the show was running, did they become Le- LeVar famous? LeVar Burton was by far the most famous guy. Everybody else was like a low-level soap opera B-movie person. Well, and Patrick Stewart, obviously. Well, well, Patrick Stewart didn't did like stage work almost entirely. Yeah. 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 But and still does. <laughs> and still does, but like when they did Next Gen, the only known guy was LeVar Burton for mm. Roots and Reading Rainbow. Mm. Pretty much. Interesting. Yeah. Like Brent Spiner did like. Who's that? Uh, Data. Mm. You know, he would show up on like, you know, Matlock. Okay. As, as a guy who said two lines, <laughs> you know. All right. Uh, Marina Sirtis, Deanna Troy was in like horrible B movies. Right. Like I'm sure. Action Schlock. I don't know what John as the Freaks like, was doing. Sex symbol and yes. or like villain girl or something. No, not even really the villain girl. Pretty. Usually like the rape victim or something right. awful like that. Right. Like nameless victim woman. And then um, I don't know what Jonathan Frakes was doing. I guess he would also show up on like Murder, She Wrote as the boyfriend I guess Will sometimes. Wheaton was well, famous or was he made famous by this? No, I think he got most of his parts after this because Toy Soldiers came out after Next Gen started. God, I love that movie. And some stuff. I, I I guess he was a teen heartthrob. Maybe he, he was absolutely. What are you talking about? Yeah, I guess he showed up on some stuff before Next Gen. I had a giant crush on him. Uh, but Gates McFadden was like a stage actress. She didn't she didn't show up in much. Like yeah, really, the only known TV guy was Lavar Burton. Wow. That's and that's because they couldn't afford big names. Yeah. Which is weird because like, it's a really popular show. Now when they launched it, they had no money and they yeah. almost ran out. But then, you know, everybody worked so well together, they kept everybody. And it was a good cast. Sometimes that really works out for the best when you get these unknown people. Because, like, if they had gotten, I don't know, uh, Robert Redford to be Picard. Right. Not that he would, but, like, you know, it's too known. Patrick Swayze's Wharf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So a lot of times that's better. That was George Lucas's thinking when he did the first Star Wars. He's like, I don't want a bunch of super popular people, then, you know. Right, because it makes it about them and not about the story. Right. Yeah. Anyway, um, any other entertainment stuff? Any Netflix recommendations? Amazon recommendations? Let's see. Um, I'm really looking forward to this new ERA uh, show that's coming out. Yes. With Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett plays Phyllis Schlafly. Yes. Uh, that is that should be really good. Uh, Kate Blanchett's just I love her. I, she so could do much. anything, and I'll watch it. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's interesting to have her be like my auntie, the villain, right? Well, she she plays the bad the bad guy. Sometimes. I know, but like the specifically to me, like one of my most reviled humans, right? Yeah. Um, but she's gonna be great at it. She's just great. Um, yeah. So it's about the the fight over the ERA and how this one woman decided that women should not have the fight over the ERA that's still happening. Yep, still don't have it. Still don't have it. Yep. So we have enough states to ratify it, but then there's questions of like, does it need it to be redone? And, and yeah, it's uh, it's still like happening. A woman led the fight against women's equality, <laughs> which makes sense, right? Yeah. 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 So um, it's easier going down. Goes down easier that way, right? I guess. Yeah. Like why? Not for we, us, but when there's big 
big law sexual harassment suits, they always get a woman lawyer. Yeah. Always. Yep. Um, of course. Yeah. Of course. Uh, speaking of which, let's talk about Biden. Mm. And the Bernie people. Uh, I guess there's not much to say about the Bernie people. They're still being pains in the ass. They will. Some of them will vote for whoever the Green Party candidate is if that person's on their ballot or they'll stay home. I don't this is think, tough. I don't think it'll matter this time. I think time. we have to give everybody a minute to process this before yelling at them, is my opinion. Oh, I'm not I'm not going to yell at them this time, is my point. I, And not just the Bernie people, just the general people. Women, um, I we're just gonna need a second before we can rah rah vote blue no matter who. I need a minute. Yeah, that's fine. Given uh, but, but, the things that have come out recently about the sexual assault allegation. Yes, that is. It's it's very sketchy. Not that her thing is sketchy, just like the details. Like nobody seems to want to really dig into it. They don't. Want and to. I've dug into it a little bit, and there's a lot of pushback now from all the aides that worked with this lady at this time and know her and know him and say it's impossible. And that, as we know, doesn't necessarily mean anything. Right. So I'm letting that breathe. I'm... And seeing where it goes. Not about to say that she's not telling the truth, no, though. No, I, I am would not arbitrarily say that ever about any woman who makes I keep hearing all this shit on Twitter about like, oh, it's just Russian bots trying to weaponize the Me Too movement against Joe Biden to make Trump win, which sounds really good, right? Um, well, a lot of that is probably true. A, a lot of it is absolutely true, but that doesn't mean we can ignore the allegation. Doesn't mean is, it doesn't mean it didn't happen. There is a real existing allegation out there. Yes. Um, and yes, it sure doesn't sound like the Biden we know, because um, this woman basically alleges that in in the White House. He pinned her against the wall and like jammed his fingers in her. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, OK. That doesn't sound like Biden, but I, I'm never going to call a woman a liar or just outright like refute what she says. So we can't ignore this, right? No, no, absolutely not. And no. I don't know Joe Biden. Right. No, I don't I'm know not. if that is him or not. I know that a lot of women have said they've made him feel uncomfortable. Yes. That's different. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a sort of like yeah. classic Biden gaffiness, right? Of right. just like not knowing appropriate boundaries. Right. Just being kind of creepy. And we also know that and... like, you know. He doesn't have a great record considering Anita Hill and considering, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's the, but, but the, the, like the description is so like on point for something Trump would do. It's like, Hmm, really? Okay. I mean, I'm listening. I'm listening. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's that. And of course the Bernie people are running with it. Um, but even though Bernie already dropped out and it's fine. My point being, like, I'm not rah rah blue no matter who this time is because I think the Bernie people tick the same way the church people do, and me yelling at them that they have to do this is just going to entrench them. Yeah. The right. other way, if anything. Yeah. Like we know what's at stake. I don't have to educate them about that. Maybe on a micro level, some people close to me, I I might have conversations. Yeah. But I'm not going to proselytize on Twitter and Facebook like. No. All you birdie people better get on board. Like, you're going to do that 
or you're not going to do that. Yep. You we know, know what four years of Trump looks like. You know, so yeah, at you this know point, who Donald like, Trump is. You know what it's like to have him as president. You know you've lived under it for four years. If you seriously want to do that again, then okay. Yeah, either you're... I can't talk you out of it at this point. Either your privilege will lead you to that place, or you really believe it's better to get closer to the communist revolution that will come. If, if in, you know, than settling for a milk toast. Democrat, whatever. Uh, let's talk about Veep choices because I've, I've seen some names. I just want to say really quick, I'm yeah. not excited to vote for Joe Biden. No. I'm not excited about it at I'm all. I'm excited to beat Trump. I'm excited to get rid of Donald Trump. That's what I'm excited about. Yeah. End of story. I mean, what I more just, is there to I say? I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't know if we can. That's how I feel. Well. I don't, I just... I, I, I think when the I dust settles from how Trump handled this situation, I, I don't. I mean, look, even if after all this, it it still is a nail biter. Then we're kind of hopeless as yeah. a country. Um, but but just I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't know if Joe Biden can beat Trump. I don't know, and I I hope so. And like I will vote for him. I'm not excited about it. I don't want to do it. But like well, no, that's, I want to beat Trump for sure. I don't want to live in this nightmare hellscape anymore. We absolutely know that Biden um, can beat Trump. Whether he will is another story. So far, they've done the right thing with him. They've they've kept him low profile, have him sound generically presidential, and that will be enough if he's able to do that. Um, you know, and and it's been it's been the perfect sort of. Um, arena to do that where he's just he's he has these little sound bites from home and he'll do a very short interview now and then and he'll say Trump sucks and I'm gonna sound like a normal presidential generic guy right now and that's working yeah. and if he can keep going with that it will work and and I think for all parties considered nobody wants to debate and right for nobody me, wants to debate I, I don't yeah I don't I'm, I'm sure Biden's people don't I don't think Biden does uh, Trump doesn't want to debate. Trump's people certainly don't. So we may not have debates this time around. Um, it's not like we need them. No. Really? Like, <laughs> what What? What do you need to know about either of these two men that you don't already know? Right. You need to see them just old doddering men yell at each other for a couple of hours? I don't need to see that. Right. You're either going to vote for fucking Biden or you're going to vote for Trump. And there's nothing a debate's going to do to change that. Period. Yeah. That It just isn't. I don't think we need them. Uh... Vice president names being floated around. Obviously, Kamala Harris. Because uh, Biden, Biden has said, I'm going to pick a woman. I keep seeing Klobuchar, yeah. and, and I scratch my head, and I wonder, what does Amy Klobuchar bring to the ticket? The Midwest. All of the Midwest? I don't know. I mean, isn't Biden already okay in the Midwest? Like, really? I don't know. I mean, she's not my choice, but none they, of this is my choice. Like so. Minnesota, yeah, Minnesota's not really a swing state anymore. Does Wisconsin matter? Yeah. I mean, for Klobuchar? I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't see what Klobuchar brings to the table. She's an awful reputation of being horribly mean to her underlings. She's a prosecutor. Um, <coughs> she's She'd be one of, of my last choices. Um, I mean, Kamala Harris, I get, right? Yeah. She's dynamic. Mm -hmm. She's smart. She's a cop. She ruthlessly attacks Trump. I mean, yeah. I guess Klobuchar could do that too. Right. 
but like I just don't. Do understand. we have to have a prosecutor? Do we have to have a prosecutor? It, it seems that way. Okay. <laughs> those are the okay. those are the top two. Um, we'll have an old demented rapist and a prosecutor. Awesome. We are just <laughs> nailing it in the Democratic Party. Wow. You now you sound like one of the Bernie people. I'm super fucking disappointed in us. I'm super fucking disappointed in us. This is not my party. This is not. We had so many options. We had so many good options. And we landed on this. Okay, but let's back up again. Because this is why I take issue with you sounding like one of the Bernie people. Because when you say we, Joe Biden overwhelmingly won it on the strength of black voters. Yep. And you and I had this conversation a long time ago, and you were convinced that black voters were not going to go along with Joe Biden. I told you exactly why black voters voted for Joe Biden, and it's because of shitty white people. Yeah. They did not believe that we would vote for anybody decent. So they picked the, the person that they figured shitty white people would vote for. And I think, by and large, that is absolutely correct. That's why they voted for Joe Biden. But and but because they knew that we're not good enough to elect somebody like Cory Booker or Kamala Harris or anybody that's not some old white dude. So they just picked the old white dude with Obama name recognition that they were like old shitty white people will vote for this guy. Because at the end of the day, it's what's the, most important is to win. Is to win. Yeah. So I don't blame the black voters. I blame shitty white people. But it, 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 you make a fair point. When we go back to where this started. The two guys on the very bottom of our list were Bernie and Biden. Yeah. And those And then it became Bloomberg, but that well, was shortly. That was a God. flash in the pan, yeah. You know, he, he was third in one poll and everybody lost their minds that he was gonna be a real contender. But in any event, um, yeah, Biden was dead last. And like we if you don't count Gabbard, I think he was our last last choice. Yeah. And we hoped he wouldn't run. Yeah. And now he's the standard bearer. Yep. And no, you know, we, we don't have to pretend we're excited about him because we're not, but we are excited about the prospect of beating Donald Trump, which is not, it's not a matter of excitement. It's what has to happen. Yeah. So, you know, I am not going to tell you that Biden is great. When he says things that are good, I will say that's good. When he makes moves that are smart. Uh, or he has policies that are that are progressive and good. We'll say so. When he says shit we don't like, we will bring it up, and we will push back. Um, we are obviously not going to tell you to vote third party or anything stupid like that. No, just vote for him. But God, it's not like it's fun. I don't have to like it. Well, I, eventually we'll get into the idea of, you know, the Bernie people and the Bernie movement tried to infiltrate. The Democratic Party by destroying it. And we always said that was a stupid idea. Mm-hmm. And it would never work. You infiltrate the party by infiltrating it. When when they send um, undercover guys to infiltrate, let's say, the mob or the Klan, and like, okay... Like the Bernie people are okay with making this comparison to the Democratic Party. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm right. just using an example. Yeah. Um, you don't go in there and say, okay, I'm in the room with you guys now. I want to f- fuck everything up and destroy it. Yeah. You play along and you learn how things work and you ingratiate yourself. And then you, you maybe bring in some new ideas and say, let's do this. 
Let's do that. Let's let maybe we can subtly change course this way. It's a process. It's like steering a giant ship. You don't just grab the wheel and and do a 180 with it and say, okay, well, this is going to be a nice smooth turn now. Like, that's just not how shit works. That's not how the world works. Right. And we tried to we tried to say that we tried to impress that upon people. And no, it's like there was so much anger and frustration with the status quo. they, They couldn't accept that. So at the same time, you're saying the Democrat establishment won't accept us and we hate and want to destroy the Democratic establishment. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you know. Eventually, we will get into all that and how the very progressive wing of the party and we've made a lot of progress. Like people like to to pretend that we haven't. We've made a ton of progress. The platform of the current establishment, quote, Democratic Party is so much further to the left than it was eight, ten years ago. Yeah. We still have a long way to go. But like we were on the cusp of maybe having a really progressive candidate. Um, but it became sycophantic to one guy and B it was on a platform of, we want, we want to be a wrecking ball. We don't want to change hearts and minds. We want to mow you down and that doesn't work. I feel like everything you just said is what Elizabeth Warren did. And where did that get her? Um, fucking nowhere. Okay. Well, cause she's a woman probably part of it sure but she's not a wrecking ball she didn't want to destroy the democratic party she had all the same ideas as bernie went about it all the right way right well okay but that's my point what if there was no bernie to and to have his minions throw snake emojis at her and say she's not pure enough what if it was just warren v biden we don't know nope but certainly bernie was a foil for her So, Bernie it, and the patriarchy. Bernie and the patriarchy. Yep. And that's where we, and then we settle on Biden. And I understand the frustration. It's just right now. It's, it's exhausting th- to be a woman right now. Yeah. It just is. It always is. Yeah. It always is. So I don't know what Biden's going to do as far as a VP choice. Uh, I'm sure if he was smart. He would really, he would start, I mean, he's going to get this all going, but like some really good dynamic progressive cabinet picks would be great. Um, get Julian Castro back in the cabinet. Um, you know, something for Warren, something for Harris. Um, My hope is that he really has dementia and he can just be a sort of figurehead and the party and people on our side can just sort of run things. That's, right. that's, that's all I got. <laughs> uh, I think that will more or less be the case. Um, I mean, that was more or less Reagan's last term. And yeah. It's... I mean, I just, I, yeah. Well, I mean, that's so much, that's such a big a part of it, right? Is getting the, the right people in place. Even Trump said that. He didn't mean it. Right. He doesn't listen to any of them. But my hope is just that Biden will just be Uncle Joe and just sort of hang out and, you know. Make some nice speeches. Make some nice speeches that someone else writes for him. And, you know, and then yeah. 
people, you know, operatives and people in the party and hopefully on the left will get in there and make the policy and he can just sign some shit. Okay, any closing thoughts, anything else you wanted to add? No, just stay safe, everybody. Please stay home and check in on your extrovert friends. We're having a hard time. Um, Mm -hmm. And take good care of yourselves mentally and physically, and we'll see you next week. All right, stay active, stay tuned, stay involved. I'm Travis. I'm Rachel. At a reverend duo on Twitter, reverendtestimony at gmail.com. That Star Trek Next Generation podcast is coming, we promise. Yes. It's one day soon. All right, see you later.